0: Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. You know, sometimes when we come to the end of ourselves, that's when God can do the most. You know, when we get tired or we get weary or we get discouraged, it's often in those moments that God shows up and he shows off and he shows out. (laughs) He is truly all that we have need of. Um had a sister come up real quick right when we were ending and she just encouraged, said, I feel like people are walking along the bank and they're not getting in the water, they're not getting in the deep, they're just, you know, maybe just spectators. Let me let me tell you what, at kids camp, they didn't use the stairs. And they didn't care if they could swim or not swim. They were bold. They were uh, courageous in all they did. But if you are just on the shoreline this morning, God wants you to come a little bit deeper today. You can go as deep as you want, but often the most exhilarating, the most exciting part is when you get to the place of where you are no longer in control, but you're swept off of your feet into the goodness of who God is. But if we trust Him, we can do that. Amen? Amen. All right. How many of you have really, really enjoyed this podcast what's in the box purpose series you have got something out of it let me turn this around because some of y'all ain't figured out your shape and this is what it looks like I had not found my shape this is what it's supposed to look like I'm supposed to find a shape in there right some of my kids sabotaged it right so finding your shape looking at your design knowing what it is that God has built you for Realizing that the gifts and callings that God has given you, that they are great gifts. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't build junk. He doesn't give junk. He gives great, valuable gifts. And then last week, we looked at finding our our, our place alongside each other. We found that missing piece. We found out where we fit. We realized that, you know, we discover where we are alongside other people. Okay, if you didn't didn't hear that message, that that is a really strong, powerful message that for you to see where you fit, I got to stay in my spot. Right, it's important to stay put, to stay planted. Um, and this morning we're going to look at how to develop our purpose a little bit more because it's one thing to realize what it is, to discover it, to, to grow and, and to be determined and know what all these things are. But how many of you know putting into the practice applying it and growing in that gifting and calling is, a, is critical. right? We can know all day what we're called to do or what we want to do, but if we don't grow, perhaps we will never be or never accomplish. What God wants us to. Um, how many of us, we've, all, we've worked hard developing some type of skill in our life, right? At some point, education, you may not realize it, that education is something that we work at. We train ourselves. We go day after day after day, and maybe we hit those moments where we're like, why in the world do I have to go to school? Because I said so, right? Said every parent. They don't know what they're being taught, what they are learning, what they're, being, um, what they're being groomed and grown to do, right? Now, how many of you even today would say, there's some things I learned that I still hadn't used. Let me tell you what, the things that we learn in Christ, we use all of those things. He's not going to waste his time giving us a gift or asking us to cultivate something that we will not use. You know, we, we all know that our days are numbered, that from the moment we breathe our first breath, that the time of life turns over and we don't know when the last breath will be given. We, me, and, me and Ken were leaving for camp. We're driving by, and uh, his wife's sitting right there. I said, You told your wife bye, right? He said, Well, yeah. He said, We ain't done, are we? I said, Well, we don't know. And we left to come to church. You know, I hear horror stories of people realizing if they knew that they were so close to the end that they would live life differently. That they would live life a little more courageously. That they would do things that they've never done. That they'd get outside the box and live with full, unhindered radicalness. You know, tipping the scales on what you think is cover. You know, you know, comfortable. But what if today was your last? How would you live? Man, I be doing. I mean, probably stuff that I've just dreamed of doing. Right. But you have to put in work. You have to determine what it is. We have to live life a little bit differently. We have to have a driven, purpose-filled life. If we don't, we'll kind of just ping-pong around. So uh, in order for us to to become all that God has, has us to be and calls us to be, there's a few things that we really have to work on. We have to put in work. We have to put in determination. We have to sacrifice, and there has to be time. How many of you know to get good at something, it takes time? Take sacrifice. My kids are playing soccer and they're playing basketball and practice is happening and games are happening and in order for them to really get good at it, we have to commit time to getting them there. They have to work hard. They have to practice. Um, And then what you see over time through that work and determination, you see progress. But anything that you excel in usually is a byproduct of putting in the work and it's time invested. Today, there's life coaches, there's personal trainers, there's tutors that help you improve in areas that you need in. Like, you can almost find somebody that coaches you in anything. Have you noticed that trend has changed, right? You know, it's like anything. What do you want to grow? What do you want to learn? There are coaches. There are people that will help you. When you submit to their guidance, guess what? You often get better at whatever it is that you're trying to get help with. You know, my wife, I enjoy playing piano, but I am not a skilled piano player, and for this last birthday, my, mom, my, uh, my wife signed me up with one of my mom's really, really good friends for professional piano lessons. Well, guess what? Pastor you figured out he didn't know no professional, nothing. She started talking about, well, here, 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 and I was like, oh, I don't know that. You got to back up a little bit. I started to determine what I knew, what I didn't know, but I'll tell you what, it pushed the envelope on growing, and she said, well, it really depends on how much you want to learn, and I was like, well, I want to learn this much. I said, I do it as a hobby, I do it as a joy, I do it as an outlet to minister to the Lord and just to survive as a pastor, but it's not one of my main things that I'm polishing or that I'm working on in my life. Is it a gift? Is music a gift? Is it a ability that God's given me? Yes. Should I continue to, and I, and I learned at camp this weekend, my calluses are all gone, my fingers were hurting, all of these things because I'm not continually staying polished sometimes in the areas and gifts that God has given me because we don't know when God is going to call those gifts back into activation. I'm ready to preach. When I, got, when I left for camp, I said, ooh, easy street now. I'm ready to preach. I'm groomed to preach. I'm ready. I am familiar and comfortable. This is what I've been investing my time in. But when God asks us to focus in different areas that maybe we're not investing as much time or we're not being as purposeful, sometimes those get, things get non-polished. They get stagnant. They get rusty. They get dust on them. But God wants to remove that dust. When we use something, it does not collect dust okay, those things that we use in our life, so we want to find someone that can help us um, in certain areas, and it's important to find someone being successful in that area if you're going to get help from them, don't get a a life coach that is not successfully doing what you want to be successful in, you agree with that, you will become a byproduct of who they are or what they do, if you don't like the model, don't practice what they're doing, okay, so our spiritual walk is, is a lot of the same ways that um, we develop our, ourselves into our God-given potential by focusing, by working. If we want to grow on our spiritual journey, we have to know where to start, right? And to know where we start or where or another thing, a question is this is where am I now? Right? If you are still on box one you got to get to box two. If you're on box two, got to get to box three. If you're like, oh, Pastor, I'm so excited. I'm ready for box four. What's in the box? Show me what's in the box. I'm glad you asked because I'm going to show you what's in the box. But you have to progressively move forward in discovering your purpose, applying your purpose, developing your purpose, growing in your purpose. And when we develop, that's where it really, really gets fun because the gift begins to be polished. It begins to be usable. It begins to... um, Bless God and bless others. So this morning, what is in the box for week number four? Man, there's nothing in it. Just playing. You know, I didn't put anything in these boxes all week. Because I trust you, but I don't trust you. <laughs> you know, to, to not spoil it. Um, how many of you have ever gotten a gift... You open it up, you take it out of the box, and, and you get super, super excited about it. But then it has these bold words on it that say "batteries not included." Well, if you're like me, I get bummed out at that moment, and the first thing I ask, and I hope we have batteries, because if I don't have batteries, that's like double bummed, right? Thanks for the gift. Buy me batteries next time to go with a gift, because the batteries are not included. Now, it's not a big deal if I have batteries, right? Now, at my home, I always plan to have batteries, but how many of you know that kids will make batteries vanish? You know, you'll go to turn on the TV and the remote doesn't work, but they're in the Xbox controller, right? Right? Or the batteries will be reversed, whatever, you know, whatever the case. But often I'm always buying batteries. Um, But as a gift, without batteries, it will never do what it is intended to do. So as we look in the box, how many of you have ever heard the saying that you cannot push a rope? It's an older saying. I had never heard it. I looked it up. But when we look at our life, it's often like a rope. And now I can pull a rope. I can tug a rope, but look right here. can't really push a rope, right? And so a rope, when I try to push it, it's not necessarily its automatic design. And I think without the Holy Spirit, our lives are very, very similar to this rope. There is great potential in the rope, but it's almost like the batteries are not included. So when the batteries are included, it causes my lame, lifeless life that sometimes doesn't appear like much to be something great. You want to see what else is in this box? Because culture will tell you that you'll never be what God has called you to be, that you can't push a rope, but let me tell you what, with the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. I think sometimes we limit our God-given potential because we've identified ourselves with what people have said we can do versus what God has called us to do. Well, let me tell you what, this morning, if God has caused you to do something, the power of his Holy Spirit in you will bring to life something that is completely dead and cause you to do something that maybe you never, ever, ever thought you could do. So this is my favorite. you ready? Man, you're yawning, Is that bad. You need coffee. It wasn't because of the message. All right. So I'm going to show you this. If you've seen one of these, just bear with me. If you've never seen one of these, now you can't push a rope, but if I have something that's batteries included and I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, it'll cause me to do something that I never thought I could do. Look at this. Look. But I couldn't push a rope. It was lifeless. It was completely dead apart from the Spirit of God being inside of me. But when that Spirit of God comes inside... And it does what only it can do. It takes my life. If it doesn't look like much. It turns into something great. It's just a rope. It's pretty awesome, ain't it? That's We don't want our life looking like this. We want our life looking like the other side of that. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what helps us develop. Don't, don't look at your life and say, I'm so, I'm so limited in who I am because the Holy Spirit can come in and he can change everything. So what we're going to do, We're gonna let, let me share this passage with you real quick. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of you, now people get all offended. You miss church once, they're going to quote that scripture on you. As some of you, hey, coming out of COVID, I know the scripture, I need to come back to church. But being a part of church is a big deal. Uh, God wouldn't have put it in there if it didn't matter to him. But it says, you know, as some of you are in a habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. What day of approach is he talking about here? The end of the line, when Jesus comes back in in all of his glory to come back and and the choices we've made, the life that we lived, he's going to look at that and figure out what have we done, what have we not done, and the time to serve God will stop as far as what we can contribute this side of heaven. So I want to give you a three components that should be present in your life to help you develop into all that God has for you. We're going to look at three things this morning. I'm going to make it very simple, but it's going to be practical, it's going to be applicable, and it could possibly be life-changing. There are three things that you have to have in your life. Number one is a mentor. Number two is a church. And number three is the person of the Holy Spirit. If you have those three components in your life, it will radically change your success and it will cause you to develop to your God-given potential. Okay, So get a a mentor. This is a person or these are people. This is getting accountability in your life, holding your feet to the fire, holding you to God's standard. It's encouraging you in what you already want to do. Right? It's, it's, to, it's to redefine the terms. How many of you get really discouraged and you compromise the choice you made in your right mind? We do that, right? We say, I want to do this, this, and this. Well, when things get hard, you're like, oh, I was just playing. I want to go on a diet, right? Well, anytime they got the 99 cent blizzard deal, I don't know if they, it's 99 anymore, but used to be a dollar blizzard, I will, I will catastrophically cancel all my plans to stay on that diet, my buddy will call me. Hey, where you at? Oh, in the DQ line. What you doing? Oh, well, you know, got these ninety-nine cent blizzards. Hey, I thought you wanted to get in shape. I thought you wanted to cut back on your sugar. I thought whatever. And you know, they redefine what your original standard was so that you don't keep compromising it. Now, how many of you know some things that you'd like to change right now in your life? If you ain't found nothing, you lying. There's something in there. That you wish by God's grace you could change, that you could make, you know, you know, maybe it's to be a better father. Maybe it's to be a better husband. Maybe it's to be, you know, well, anything, it can be anything. Maybe it could be spending more time fishing and not so much time working. I mean, those are good things that you have to balance. But without accountability, without a mentor, without somebody encouraging you to those standards that you want to accomplish, guess what? Well, I just keep saving all these fish. I just keep working, Pastor. I don't take a break, I don't take time, or I compromise the standards I want. A mentor will begin to change that. But your life is a byproduct of what you do or don't do on a regular basis. You realize that? What you do or what you don't do. That's that's what's going to equate to what your life is showing. So what, what do we need to do? We need to read our word, and guess what? Not just read it, but what? Do what it says. Right? A lot of us are in the bind we're in because we have violated Scripture or we've read it and we didn't do what it says or we were just like, ah, great message, Pastor, that wasn't for me. Good luck. I'm strategic enough in the way I preach, somebody's going to get something. You cannot walk away from a message and say, oh, none of that applied to me. There's going to be a moment where maybe you feel like, oh, man, did somebody talk to you, Pastor? Did somebody tell you what I've been talking? Huh. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit talks to me. And he shows me what needs to be said, what doesn't need to be said, even amongst my messages. Now, you don't know this. These guys do because they have my notes. There will be moments in the message where it's completely non-written. It's not on my notes. Complete spontaneity, you know, really led by the Spirit of God. And there are moments where it's just like the nails right here and the Spirit of God just goes, wham, and he nails it. When you feel that, receive that. Don't say, I hate this church. They're so judgmental. Come on. I want the best for you. I want you to realize what do you want in your life. What do you want to change in your life? Being the best you. Developing into your God-given potential. What about prayer? Praying in faith. When I pray something, I should believe that it can happen. Why would I spend the time praying? It's hard enough to just pray. Why would I pray and not believe what I'm praying can actually happen? It's better just not to pray. So we pray in faith. We read the word and we do what it says. It says. You know, finding a mentor, find someone who can help you get to where you want to be, not just sympathize with where you're at. I hear a lot of, oh, well, me too, brother. Hey, I'm going to meet you at Dairy Queen. Come on. I'm going to come get you out of that Dairy Queen line. Brother, what are you doing? Like, you know, hey, why didn't you invite me? Right? You know, that we, we want to find somebody that's going to hold us accountable to what we want to become. Proverbs 17, 17 in the NIV, it says, that A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for times of adversity. Find a friend who will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. It's important. Find somebody that's not going to shield you, is not going to protect you, and they're just going to kind of, I mean, those dagger brothers that are kind of just, Oh, man, that hurt. It's for your own good. I've wounded you to get your attention, not to harm you more. Right? We have to have that in our life. We have to have somebody that is that catalyst. And, you know, it says a brother is born for what? Adversity. What does the word adversity mean? That's hard times. That's conflict. That's war. That's hard things. This isn't easy things. But it says that that's what they're built for. All right, so I'm going to look at some real quick, just some general mentoring statistics this morning. So there are 71% of Fortune 500 companies who have mentorship programs. So these are your top 500 companies that are successful around the globe. 71% of the 500 top companies have a mentorship program in place. They would not be investing time and money and resources if it didn't work. But look at this statistic. 100% of Fortune 50 companies have mentorship all 50 of the top ones all have 100% participation in some type of mentorship process of those who mentor 97% say that they're valuable i don't know about the other few but 97% say that they're that they're valuable Another statistic, yet only 37 of professionals have a mentor. Okay, so that's where the breakdown happens. We think it's super, super important, but yet only 37% of your leading professionals have mentorship. So they're kind of just fake it till you make it, trying to figure it out on their own. They don't have mentorship. It says 89% of those who have been mentored will also mentor others. So if I have been mentored and I see the value in that, then I often will mentor somebody else because of the success. You have to realize that most of us don't get where we are without a mentor or spiritual father, spiritual mother, or spiritual friend influence in our life being the catalyst that causes us to discover purpose. Do you realize that? There are times that people see a gifting in you way before you see the gifting in yourself. And those are great people to have around you. Or they can also tell you, hey buddy, you ain't built for that. In a loving, grace-filled kind of way and said, ah, hey, you need to stop that. Why, man, you're causing harm to all of us. Whatever it may be. We want brothers and sisters in Christ to be pushing us to the right direction. But mentorship, it's so important. Primary accountability and mentorship happens within relationships in the church. It says, let us spur or, or each other, that is to nudge or encourage each other, Hebrews 20, or 10, 24, towards love and good deeds. So we're not just nudging, just saying, hey, move over, whatever, but we're nudging them towards something. You know? But moving them towards something is sometimes moving them away from something. How many of you complacency is your one number one killer? Complacency. You just don't do anything. It's one thing to know what you should do. It's a whole other thing to refuse to do anything. right? Do something. Make a move. Start, take one foot in front of the other. I hope that you're progressing in discovering your purpose. But it says spur one another, encourage, nudge, push, shove, kick, whatever you got to do towards love and good deeds. I want to challenge you, write out what, um, who, you, who you know that God is calling you to be. Remember I said last week, you can't be whatever you want to be, but you can be all that God has called you to be. Write out what it is that you feel God calling you to be. They say, well, pastor, I don't know that. I I would challenge you this week to just begin to write it out. If you don't know what it is in the full vision of it, start writing things that you enjoy, things that you're passionate about and then just allow that to come out of you because I think God will begin to show you what that is. So write those things out. because And then once we write those things out of, of what we believe God is calling us to be, now we need to write action steps to go with those processes. If I want to become a tennis player, guess what? If I don't own a tennis racket, I need to go buy a tennis racket. If I don't know what a tennis ball is, I need to figure out what a tennis... You know, I'm, I'm using it for super, super simple. But it's right. That would make sense. If I know that I want to become this, I have to take the steps to get there. So I need to write out the action steps to get there. So give you a quick example. If I want to read more, I know reading, So we have, you have people that love reading, you have people that hate reading, and you have people in the middle that want to love it, want to hate it, and you kind of sit neutral. You don't do one or the other. But let me give you an example. If you want to read more, here's what you do. You establish a guideline or a boundary. It says, I will read 20 minutes before turning on the TV. Tell you what, you turn off your TV, you might start like reading because there's nothing else to do, right? So uh, there has to be an action plan to accomplish that. Another way of establishing a plan or something in our life to promote change is I will read 20 minutes after I brush my teeth. So you tie an action to a habit, tie an action to something you're already doing every day. If you ain't brushing your teeth every day or every night, come talk to me. I'll throw some love your way told my kids, you're supposed to be brushing your teeth twice a day. What do you mean? Mom said, I just got to do it in the morning. I said, no. Brush them in the morning, we brush them at night. So if you brush your teeth every night or you do something familiar every single night, what you do, you say, hey, I'm going to read 20 minutes after I brush my teeth. You establish a habit with, with something, a, a, a goal with a habit you're already doing. This is called habit stacking, and it's more likely to stick do something, tie a habit to something you are already doing. Trust me, there are things that you do every single day. There are things that you do every single night, so attach an action plan to push you in the right direction to that habit and stack that habit. There's also, when we talk about accountability, there's the principle of, of Paul and Timothy. Paul is someone who is mentoring and helping you, but a Timothy is someone that you are mentoring also. We need to be looking up For a mentor, but we also need to be mentoring others. This is the ideal, perfect setup for long term success. And sometimes the church is failing at that, right? We're all looking for mentors and then we're trying to mentor others. And guess what? We've never been mentored, so we don't know what to do. So it's kind of like a broken system, right? You can mentor anyone in something that you're a little bit better than them at. Now, sometimes that happens by learning, but sometimes that will naturally happen just by age. You know, somebody who's further along, a little bit further down the road than you. But there's also those that are a little bit behind you that you want to bring up to speed and get them to at least where you're at. So we want to have a Paul. We want to have a Timothy in our life. We want to balance those. Both are necessary for balanced growth and development. So number one, we have to have a mentor. Number two, we have to have a church. You have to go to church. You have to be physically here. I know there's, you know, there's. This has been. I don't believe in that organized religion. I just, you know, I've been burnt by the church, and you know, there's a lot of justification why people don't come to church. But the church is the number one way that you grow and you develop into your God-given potential. I'm just going to tell you that the church is the place where you are equipped and developed to use your gifts. Do you know some of your gifts won't even make sense outside the sphere of the church? Man, I sure would hate to be called a pastor without a church floating around and I said where's my purpose it doesn't make sense right like you know be like an astronaut that there is no space shuttle and there is no space you never say I want to be that because it's not there but there are some gifts that God calls you to that are for the church office that it's used for ministry gifts not just trades or crafts or just things that you're good at so what do you do to, to find a church? you got to be faithful to gatherings. So be consistent. Put in the work to see the results in your life. Just like we put in the, re, uh, the work to see health changes, guess what? you got to put in the work to see spiritual changes. How do you do that? You keep coming to church. Keep doing it. Pastor, i got a lot of stuff in my life going on. Good. Keep coming to church. Pastor, man, it's been going good. God is blessing me. Well, keep coming to church because that can change real fast. I've seen it change in my own lives. Man, it's like, man, God is good. Praise the Lord. Next time, you, man, I know God's good, but you're, you know, doom and gloom. It can change. But keep coming to church. It doesn't matter where you're at. Don't give up on meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing that. Verse 25. Keep encouraging one another. How in the world can we encourage each other if we're absent from each other? A lot of the scripture, we cannot fulfill it if we're not gathered together. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. How can I encourage? How can I love? How can I forgive? How how can I do all these things absent from people? God's mind, in God's mind, he knew that the church would be unified, that you'd be together, that you would get together often, and you might have the opportunity to have to forgive. Because let me tell you what, sometimes when you spend a lot of time with people, they get on your nerves. You ever been there? How many of you know that person I'm talking about? They're sitting over here and you're sitting over here. Just playing, right? But we know that if we're in close proximity, we're going to need to forgive. We're going to need to work it out. So keep encouraging each other. Encourage uh, the other absent one, you know, those that are absent from each other. Keep doing your part. Stay involved. You know, I hear a lot of people, you know, in churches or pastors, they get real discursive. Well, nobody's coming to church, so I'm not going to go to church. How does that fix the problem of the church being full if you get frustrated and you stop coming? I got to stay in my place, and when somebody shows up, we just look and say, Man, I'm glad you finally got here. I'm waiting on you all. But we can't get discouraged and we can't get frustrated because of what we see or what we don't see, but we got to do our part and we got to keep showing up. Because if I'm going to develop my gift, and I'm asking you to be a little selfish here, if you're going to develop your gift, you got to keep showing up. You got to get a mentor, you got to stay plugged into the life of the church. Don't just go to church when you have it all together. The church is God's main plan to develop you not just practically but spiritually. That's why the church matters. We are in the spiritual business. We are just not in the practical, technical. Now, Pastor Noe will give you a lot of practical, technical things, but listen, we cannot be all that God has us to be if we remove the spiritual element. We just can't. It doesn't make sense. Mark 2, 17, it says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came for those who are not well. He came for the sinners. So attending church is like maintenance on your vehicle. If you stop maintaining your vehicle, that thing will begin to break down. You You have something to illuminate on the dash and you don't know what it is, don't just say, huh, at least it's still rolling. Gauge, you know, that gauge is going all the way to the right. That a little red mark, that ain't a good thing. Well, it ain't smoking out yet. I mean, we're smart enough to realize, to indicate the, the, the signs of, hey, we, 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 need to, we need to stop. Something's not right. Well, that can happen in our life if we are not connected to the church and continually doing that spiritual life maintenance. Our lives can get really bad really, really quick. Just because it started well doesn't mean that it's going to end well. We have to keep putting that work in. Have to do that Maintenance. But the church will develop you practically and spiritually. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17. Uh, we sharpen or we develop along other, aside other people. You cannot sharpen yourself. And I think that that's one thing we don't realize. Sometimes the people in our lives are, the, are the, the tool that God wants to use to sharpen us and to change us. Like, man, this person's really messing with me. Yeah, God has a goal to change you. Sometimes those people that rub rub us the rawest are the ones that God uses the most to change us. When we are comfortable, we do not change. Okay? We should also submit to one another. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, Ephesians 5.21. Uh, In another translation, it says, be subject to one another in fear of Christ, so what it said, fear of Christ. This kind of got my attention because this this communicates that submission to authority or connecting to other people will actually keep you safe. When I think about the fear of the Lord, that is honoring, that is respecting, that is doing what He says, that is holding ourselves to a greater level of accountability than the world. Right, and we need a church to do that. We need, you know, a, a lot of times we're just bowling with no bumpers, but the church kind of helps to assist. Like those bumpers in life. You ever been to one of those bumper people? Thank God that bumper was there. Thank God the church was there. Because you would just straight up be a gutter person if the bumpers weren't there. Right? I've seen my kids do. They get so frustrated like, Dad, I need the bumpers. We've got to be smart enough to know when we need bumpers in our life. Because I'd rather you use a bumper and succeed than to not use bumpers and be in the gutter. The devil wants you to be in the gutter. The church wants you to at least hit them bumps, hit them, get them little bruises, but keep moving forward so that we all achieve our purpose and our goal. But submission, it keeps you safe. Under the right submission, it keeps you protected, much like an umbrella over your head in the rainstorm. Right? It's not bad if I'm covered and I'm shielded from the storm, but I have to submit to other people. Submission is freeing if you trust the one that you're submitting to. And we have to trust God. Submission is a hard thing. It's trusting God that that leadership or those pastors or my husband or, you know, whoever I'm placing myself under, that I can trust them. But I tell you what, if those people that you're entrusting yourself to are also trusting in God, it's a good place to be. If they're trusting in their own arrogant pride, run Right? If, if they're saying, oh, because of me, because of what I'm doing, hey, look at me instead of looking at Christ, we need to be very, very careful. So we need to make sure that we have a mentor. We need to have a church. We need to stay connected. We need to be there physically. Number three, we need to release the Holy Spirit, and we need to develop a relationship with Him. If we do this, uh, He will cause you to be all that you need to be. And it really removes all the other excuses. Because you could maybe say, oh, well, you know, my mentor led me astray. You know, he didn't, you know, he, he wasn't checking my phone tracking when I went to Dairy Queen. He should have been looking out for me. You led yourself there, right? You know, I mean, we can use that, right? Well, the church pastor, you didn't know when I was going through that. You didn't call me. I was missed two Sundays. Sorry, I mean, I, let, me, let me look. I don't look, you know, somebody said, hey, did you see me there, Pastor? You know what I get in habit of doing? I look over your head. I don't look at you because I don't want to get distracted. Because I look at you sometimes, you'll be looking at me kind of funny and you mess me up. (laughs) You know, uh, but, you know, we can make excuses for the church. We can make excuses for accountability. But guess what? We can't make excuses for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't just kind of float around in no man's land. to those who believe, he actually lives inside each and every single one of us. And He can teach us and He can train us and He can cause what I call a check in your spirit. How many of you have ever ever had a check in your spirit? Were you about to do something you ain't supposed to do and you hear that mama voice and not, 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 uh. You even see that finger. And you're just like a little kid. You know what you do? You're like this. You look and you're like, ah, I'm warning you. But you know what the Holy Spirit does to correct? He lets us accomplish our own demise. Because through pain... Through failure to hurt, we learn obedience. Right? He can't hog tie you and drag you, but He can encourage you, He can convict you, He can push you towards righteousness. But He sometimes will let you fail. He, does, he, is, not, he, he is not a prevention of failing, but He is a teacher of righteousness. Okay? So when we talk about releasing the Holy Spirit, this is, the, this is what Jesus promised us in John fourteen sixteen through 17. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So if you are not a follower of Christ and you have not asked Jesus into your heart, the Spirit of God does not live in you and you do not know him. It says it cannot know Him. It does not understand Him. You are not filled with the Spirit of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit now lives and abides within you. Now that's a scary thing because it, once we receive salvation and the Holy Spirit really is in, within us, the core of who we are should be affecting everything externally that we do. The things that maybe we were okay with are no, now no longer okay. Because of that conviction, that leading into righteousness... You know, the Holy Spirit will always lead you in perfect alignment with everything that the word demands of us. Sometimes it's even a greater standard, right? It's for our own survival, it's for our own good, that it's there. Luke 11:13, it says, "If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the, your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him?" So there has to be an asking, there has to be a receiving, but this is the biggest key. There has to be a releasing. You have to give the Holy Spirit free reign to do whatever he wants in your life. Now, how many of you trust God? How many of you trust Jesus? How many of you kind of get hung up with the Holy Spirit? If we love God and we trust God and we love Jesus and we trust the Holy Spirit, or or Jesus, we can also trust the Holy Spirit. Exactly the same character, exactly the same nature, does not do anything absent from the heartbeat of God. We just don't understand it, is the problem. I'm trying to help you understand it real quick. You got to ask, you got to believe, you got to receive, but then you got to open up and say, All right, you can open that door, I guess, if you want. You ain't going to like what you see. Guess what? He already knows what's in there. He's like God, but He needs our permission. Realize that? He, he, he wants us to open those doors, He wants us to let them in in every area of our life. All you have to do to release the Holy Spirit is to ask. You cannot fully develop who you are without the work of the Holy Spirit being released in your life. Um, so you can only become what God wants you to become by the power of the Holy Spirit being released in your life. Um, you know, I've tried to change things on my own. It didn't work. Well, I can try to be happy. I can try to be kind. I can try to not be angry. It's not going to change until God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, changes it internally. I can fake it for a long time. Tell you what, I didn't get mad mad at camp this weekend, but I could feel them anger coming out. And boys wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. I'm like, dear Lord. And then Gabe would pipe up, y'all go to sleep. I was like, Gabe, were you even awake? He's over there in the corner. I'm over here at war with these boys. This is when we're going to sleep. And I don't know why they had curfew so late. 11 o'clock is when lights were out. Dear Lord Jesus. Usually I don't mind staying up late. I minded staying up late. Fighting with them, fighting with them, fighting with them, encouraging them, trying to tell them, be that voice of God in their life. And I tell them, hey, be quiet. Okay. Hey, well, Pastor Noe, what are you Oh Jesus. Help me. But one would domino to the next, and then that one would laugh. And you know, then this one would laugh and then this one then this one over here you forgot about would shout out. Let me tell you what. The things deep down that we know we struggle with god will be a catalyst and he'll put us in those positions to see what we're really like now what got me past, the, past that was realizing you know what these guys might remember this the rest of their life for the good or for the bad they may for the rest of their life determine what a pastor is like by how i respond and what i do and they lucky they were my kids i'd have got that belt on them but i couldn't whoop them i could just kind of intimidate them a little bit Say, hey. I think I did tell one of them to shut up one time. I was like, it was pushing right there. I was like, be quiet, close your mouth. Do I got to get the duct tape? I'm not going to name who it was. Shut up. Okay, pastor. But what do you think? Of, oh, I put my earbuds in. Samuel says, dad, you can't have earbuds in. But, but you don't understand. I'm trying to get back right with Jesus. And I'm going to survive this. Right? And it, it wasn't that bad. But I'm telling you what. And it kept going and it kept going and it kept going and it kept I felt like those lashes of Jesus. And man, it just caused whatever was inside to come out. And, and I realized, man, I still need so much of the grace of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because when I'm pressed, and I feel like I, I got a good tolerance. I, I, got, I can endure a lot of pressure. But I saw those things to come out. But when I try to change those things by myself and I don't empower the Holy Spirit to do those things, I will always fail. The Holy Spirit has to be released. Man, I put, I put my phone, turned on some worship music, put it right here on my chest. Little Joker sleeping above me says, Pastor, we don't want to listen to that music. I said, I ain't doing it for you. <laughs> I was just like, man, these kids are making the ugly come out of me. But those things that we release to the Holy Spirit, he, he can come in and He can work and He can change those. Change those things that we can't change. Do those things that only he can do. But I have to allow the Holy Spirit to work. I have to invite the Holy Spirit into that situation. And man, and when they all went to sleep, I felt perfect peace. First night it was 1130. Last night it was 1120. There was a few moments. I said, like, man, we're almost there, almost there, almost there. But I've tried to change, but the Holy Spirit released in the situation, really is the only thing that will change us. John fourteen twenty six? it says, But when the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, you know, so there's a lot of titles of the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. The Advocate is, is one used here. It says, Whom the Father will send in my name, so this is Jesus saying this, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, how many of you know that's a good thing if you're very forgetful? You'll remind me. So guess what? Even what I'm telling you today, the Holy Spirit will bring it back when you need it. You know, because I feel like Pastor Noe is not that smart, but I got the Holy Spirit who is like my ace card. I'll be quoting scripture and say, man, I don't even know where that came from. Holy Spirit, right? It's just, but it's been deposited. It's been put in. So he says everything that, you know, he puts in, he will teach us. He will remind us of all of those things that I have said to you. So when I read his word and I digest his word, there are times that you may have even said, I read it, but I don't understand it, and I don't even know what it's for. It doesn't matter. Put it inside. Because if you put it inside, the Holy Spirit will bring it out whenever you need it. Tell you what, I had a whole lot of scriptures cross my mind when I was about to lose my religion. It's frustrating. It's like, spirit of peace, patience, love, kindness, spiritual father. Love these boys like they're your own. And there's some deep stuff happening in my heart in a moment of hard stuff. I counted a privilege to get to go on stuff like that. One of the little ones, Pastor Noe. Yes, Pastor Noe. Yes. (laughs) One day, Lord. But he helps in our weakness. So the key to effective work of the Holy Spirit in your life is a releasing and a trusting. Uh, If you trust God and Jesus, trust the Holy Spirit also. The exact same nature. Everything that the Holy Spirit does in and through you will focus on bringing glory to the Father. So gifts released and used bring the Father pleasure. When we use our gift, it pleases the Father. This is, I'm going to look at this last passage as our final promise and guarantee. Acts 1.8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit gives us power and an effective witness. The, the Holy Spirit allows the, us the power to do what we were powerless to do alone. That was the difference. You know, you know Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit without measure? And that same Spirit of God lives inside of me, and He lives inside of you. It's okay for you to realize you can't do it, but don't say the Holy Spirit can't do it. Because you don't understand the nature of who He is. But this passage says, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. It didn't say maybe, hope so, on a good day or a bad day. It says you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses All of the gifts and the abilities are already inside of you. The batteries were already included when you received salvation. All you got to do is turn on the switch. And release it. Allow it to happen. Today, I want you to commit to committing your gifts and your purpose to God. That's the final step is committing all that you are, whatever purpose you have defined or discovered up to this moment. Say, Lord, I take all that I am, all that I know, all that I don't know, and I give it to you. Committing to giving him your gifts and your purpose. It starts with you saying, Lord, my life is no longer my own, but I surrender all that I am for the cause of following Christ. God is coming back, and he will reward each of us in this next life for what we have done or have failed to do. This so passage from Matthew 16:25 25-27 It says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each one according to what they have done. Now, many of us will say, well, I just, got, I just need Jesus. That's all I need. Well, how, much, how many of you know the doing requires me to do something, right? A choice to follow Jesus should be proactive, not passive. I've seen many of the church maybe preach, or maybe we've believed it, that, hey, salvation is just that fire insurance from hell. I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to choose Jesus because, man, <laughs> Rather be here than here, but a call to follow Christ is a pursuit after righteousness. It is a moving forward. It is going from box one to box two to box three to box four. And we will never know the potential unless we progressively move in that direction. Stepping out, trusting God, but really surrendering, committing our gifts and our purposes to Him. Today, I want to give you a chance to welcome Jesus into your heart, first and foremost, if you have never done that. Your purpose and your plan and your destiny is not even known to you apart from Jesus. It will not make sense, but it will make sense within you following Christ. And then secondly, I want to ask you to release the power of the Holy Spirit to be fully released in your life. Now, that's a scary one sometimes, especially if you don't understand the Holy Spirit. But guess what? The more I understand the Holy Spirit, the more confident I am in releasing Him in my life. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Just because you don't understand doesn't mean it's not beneficial. You know how many times I tell my children things that they don't understand, but it's for their benefit? And what does a good child do? Trust the Father. What do you need to do today? You need to trust the Father. Can you stand up with us? I'd like for each of you to make that choice today. Maybe you are already unpacking the gifts and callings of God in your life. Maybe you're in box number one. you're like, man I, you know, I love, man, I'd love to get over here, but I'm over here. I don't know my shape, I don't know my design. Man, I, I'm determining slowly the gifts that God has given me, what He's showing me to do. You know, I'm realizing, man, all, all the churches assembled, and hey, pastor, I'm that one missing piece. Or maybe you're just holding tight to the person to your left and to your right. I don't know why I'm here. You're, here, you're there so somebody else can find their spot. And then once you discover what that is, you continue to develop to be all that God has called you to be. We don't want to just be a limp rope. Now, it does God a disservice for me to understand my design, to understand that God has a lot of predetermined gifts for me, to see those, to know what those are, to realize that those are to be complemented alongside other believers, and then me get all the way over here, you need to see this, I think, one more time. <laughs> Praise God. No, thank you, Lord, for your promises. You're so good and you're faithful. Your life's just a hot knot. I don't know I'm going to get this hot knot out. Man, it ain't coming out. Um, but it's so much cooler when we activate the Spirit of God inside of us and we develop to our God-given potential. The devil has told you that you're this. But God has built you for greatness. Doesn't build junk. And it's to bring him glory. It's to bring you pleasure. It's to call call and cause the church to be all that God has called it to be in this lifetime. Don't wait for heaven. Are We all waiting for heaven. Well, when Jesus comes back. And you want to wait that long? I don't. I might live a long time. I need Jesus here and now so will you commit your life to Jesus and secondly will you release the Holy Spirit in your life will you find a mentor will you stay committed to a church and will you allow the Holy Spirit to be actively involved in your life if you'll do that will you raise your hand with me God sees it and if you're lying you're in church come on I'd rather you keep your hand down than to raise your hand and just say, oh, I don't know But if that's the choice you want to make today, I believe God will honor that. Let me pray over you, and then we're going to invite the prayer team forward. And if you need specific prayer, we want to do that for you. But I'm believing that this is just going to be a a moment of catapulting you into your God-given purpose. Amen? Lord, I thank you for each one here. And Lord, I thank you for Holy Spirit inside of us. Lord, I thank you that you've given us everything we need to be successful in life. Lord, I pray that today everyone here will choose to follow you. And then secondly, each of us would release Holy Spirit to have his way in our life. Lord, it's so simple, but yet the journey is the most exciting part. Lord, I pray that we would go from this place and we would continue to walk out all those things that you've called us to. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, I thank you for clarity of purpose in our life. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I say keep doing what you want to do. Father, I thank you that you don't give up on us, but Father, you see a beautiful masterpiece. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So if I can have some of the prayer team come forward. So so next week end is going to be VBS, so if you know some kiddos that want to be a part of that. Uh, Make sure you get all that information. Come back with us. Next week, we're going to jump into another series. It is going to be an emotional series. Husbands, you need it too. Like, don't just say, this is all, I don't need to be at this one. It's going to focus on some topics the battle for our mind going to focus on a battle for our heart we're going to look at some different things carrying burdens we shouldn't be carrying all these emotional concepts that we really that cause our spiritual life not to be all that God wants it to be so I love you I bless you thanks so much for being here if you if you made all four of these series thanks so much for committing to being here if you missed one you can go back listen to our podcast check our Facebook uh, feed for those live uh, streams and invite a friend next week we love you be blessed we'll see you guys next week you are dismissed